Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. 90% of all millionaires are created through real estate. And like, as long as you buy decent deals, you don't overpay and you buy in good locations, you don't buy in like war zones, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to lose. And so, I don't know, it just gets me thinking like with all these like startup ideas out there, it's like, you know, real estate is almost the for sure thing. Mm-hmm. And it's if you have good people wrapped around you and you buy decent properties, you have a good team, like it's really hard to fuck it up. And so, yep. I don't know, it just gets me thinking like, why do more people not invest in real estate, you know? Yeah. Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Report Saturday edition. And I got my co-host today. It's been a little bit. Miss Alex Johnson. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. How's it going? It's going really, really good. Uh, it's February 2023, now 2024. 2024. Um, it's going really good. How are you doing? Good. It's been a while since I've been in the hot seat here, but it's good to be back and feel like it's been a good year so far. Keeping busy. I have a meetup tonight, so yeah. it's been good. We got a meetup tonight. Uh, the team was just out in Nashville a couple weeks back yep. for the STR WealthCon. That was fun. Did you have fun out there? Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Maybe a little um, too much fun. <laughs> a little too much fun, but uh, I think it was a good uh, team bonding experience and got to connect with a lot of familiar faces, uh, you know, that we see at these events. So it was great to see everyone and uh, let loose a little bit, but also uh, I feel like you always kind of get inspired a little bit after those trips, you know, just kind of come back with like a fresh mindset. So it was good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, well, that was a third time going out to Nashville. I think it's a great place to host a convention. Uh, just a lot of good networking out there and always a good time with all the country bars and mm-hmm. all the, the post networking stuff that goes down. And then uh, exciting stuff. We got a trip out to Cabo here in another two weeks. Talk about that. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. We are we have our mastermind retreat out in Cabo, which I've actually never been. So I'm extra excited, but uh, it'll be a few days just kind of relaxing and just full of inspiration. I think it'll be good to get with our mastermind members in person. You know, we only see some of them in person here, a lot of them just behind the screen. So I think it'll be a good opportunity, uh, you know, for us to kind of another team bonding experience. But um, yeah, I was excited. We have a, a good group coming out. It'll be a fun time, but also I think really inspiring as well. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I agree. So uh, a lot of the members in our boutique hotel mastermind are going to be down there. Uh, Investor Girl Brit, one of our newest members, is going to be down there. And i um, excited. We're going to do some uh, tequila and ATVs. We got a private catamaran. do a little sunset cruise. Yep. Um, we're going to do a little mastermind session on Friday. And some nice dinners and, and really just network and, and, and hang out with the folks, which is what it's all about. But uh, super excited for that. And uh, the Bodega Bay deal, 44 units up in Sonoma Coast, was uh, put on hold for a little bit. We were supposed yeah. to close initially February 2nd. Um, and then we knew that the seller owed about $800,000 in back taxes. This is TOT taxes to the uh, local city up there. And uh, he was just going to pay it out of the sale proceeds at closing. But um, our lender uh, said they weren't going to fund the deal until liens were removed from the property uh, and the seller files his tax returns. So there's three yep. years of unfiled tax returns from the property. Uh, and so we said, hey, look, 
uh, we're not going to start the raise. We're not going to move forward until this gets squared away. So basically worked out a deal with the broker and the seller. We said, hey, look, uh, closing will now be 21 days from when the seller files his tax returns. Um, we just got wind that it looks like he filed them. So now we're just kind of uh, working with the broker and the seller to kind of hash out a date. Um, you know, obviously with the Cabo trip, I'm like, I don't want the closing to happen while yeah. we're in Cabo. Yeah. So I'm pushing for uh, the Friday after yeah, uh, be great. Cabo would be nice. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, excited to open that one up. I know we have yeah. a lot of interest. We're walking into uh, a lot of instant equity, uh, $3.6 million of instant equity. That property appraised for uh, 10.6 as is. Uh, with a stabilized value north of 14, and we're buying it for $7 million, So super pumped for that one. Uh, and that one should be a, a fundraise because uh, we switched our fund from 506B to C. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I think we are gearing up a little bit and we are kind of, it was exciting and we are ready to go. And uh, so we've had a lot of interest with investors and and then we kind of had to put it on hold. And so a lot of them are like, what's going on? And yeah. they're they're ready. And it's it's an exciting deal. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. But, uh, you know, if you're interested, like, just hang on. You know, we'll uh, it'll be coming up soon. But I'm excited for that as well. And we'll, uh, yeah, it's an exciting deal. And so no surprise that, that we have mm-hmm. a lot of interest. That will be the last property that we add to this fund before we close it. And then we'll open another fund for, for future assets. But this is always the best time to get into a fund when you already know what the other assets are. And then this one, I think, is going to be the best deal within the fund. And so if anyone's interested, you go to summerscapital.com slash invest, book a call and uh, chat with Alex. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Anyway, so that brings us to today's topic. Uh, I really wanted to do a quick little deep dive session on why SetJet uh, went out of business. And, um, you know, talk a little bit about the boom and the bust of the tech industry and uh, why more folks don't go with the old, slow but steady real estate investing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, SetJet is a aviation company. I believe they opened in 2019. Um, I, found about, I found out about them not too long ago um, through some folks in Fastlane. But basically what they do is they have... I think they had seven or eight planes in charter. They were based out of Scottsdale. And uh, they flew to a bunch of local uh, airports in the southwest region of the country. So San Diego, LAX, John Wayne, Vegas, uh, I believe Salt Lake City. You have Scottsdale, Cabo San Lucas, and maybe a couple more. And the business model was instead of purchasing an entire private jet, you just purchase a seat on a private plane. Um, it's $99 a month and, uh, you know, you'll pay for the flight. So the flight Mm -hmm. might be the cost of like a first class seat. So anywhere from $700 a flight to as high as like $1,500 a flight. And, uh, they have these like pre-selected flight times. Uh, I flew them once. I joined like maybe like six weeks ago, flew them round trip to Scottsdale and back on the way out there. There was like six other passengers on the way back. There was no other passengers yeah. <laughs> and we had the whole plane to ourselves. And I was like, dude, like for 900 bucks, Worth it. we had the whole private jet <laughs> to ourselves. I'm like, how are these guys making money? Mm-hmm. But it was pretty cool. I mean, you pull up to the FBO um, literally like seven minutes before the flight. Which is gra- your style. Which so is my perfect. style. Yeah, I don't like to roll up an hour early. Um, I like to just roll up, you know, when I need to. And so seven minutes before the flight, you pull up, they grab your bag, they give you a water and they walk you out to the plane. There's literally no security. Uh, oh, they asked for an ID. That's it. Oh, okay. That's that's the only thing they asked for. <laughs> but you get on the plane. It's like, you know, free drinks. Everything's included. Like, whatever you want. Whoa. You got a private stewardess and all that. Um, and these are, like, nice luxury, like, seats. And, like, you know, because you got another, you got other companies out there, like, um, 
what is it, Big Strike, JSX? JSX, JSX, but it's kind of a little bit more like, it's like semi-commercial. Kind of in between, yeah. Yeah, you still Mm -hmm. got like a, I think you still have like a seed selection and all Mm -hmm. that, but this is like legit private with like really decked out, really nice like leather sofas and all that, and it was really nice. Um, But anyways, I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, you know, perk. I thought, man, if I'm ever flying to any of these like local airports, like I'm going to try to fly them if I can. Yeah. Um, it makes a lot of sense and good networking. Um, but it's funny because I was talking about them on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how like, man, like I was talking to Eli, the travel guy. And I was like, dude, such a cool service. And I'm like, man, I don't know how they're making money, <laughs> but I'm going to continue flying them while I can before they go out of business. And then literally three days later, I get an email from SetJet. This is on Saturday over the weekend. And they said, hey, Rich, you know, unfortunately, this is a really tough decision for us. Uh, But, you know, due to financial reasons, we are going to be shutting down services effective immediately. And we wanted to thank you for your business and yada, yada, yada. And fortunately, that's just how the game goes. Um, I worked as an air traffic controller for 11 years. And so kind of understand the aviation business. I think that is a tough, tough niche to make mm-hmm. it. Um, a lot of the big airlines, you know, the major airlines are, are big, tons of employees. And I mean, they've, they've bailed, they've been bailed out many, many times. They've gone out of business many times, but been bailed out. Um, and so some, sometimes these smaller airlines, they, they don't have the payroll. They don't have the, the number of employees to justify getting bailed out. But, you know, it's, uh, it proves how tough this, this business model is. You mm-hmm. know, I think um, where they went wrong is I thought they did a good job marketing, but you know, I think it's it's tough to have scheduled flights and then to sell seats when you don't have a lot of a scheduled flights. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, and it shows it's like, hey, if two people book the flight, you still got to go fly. Yeah. That's and they're true. taking a big bath on that. So I would imagine I think their flights would seat like up to maybe like 18. Mm-hmm. And I think their break even would probably like 10 or 12 seats. Yeah, that's tough. And so anything below that, you're 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 losing out on, on money. You're, you're mm-hmm. losing money, really. If you love real estate investing, passive income, and tax benefits, but don't have the time, my company, Summers Capital, is buying boutique hotels right now. We source the deals, we renovate the properties, and we even handle all the day-to-day management, making it truly hands-off for our investors. If you want to learn more to see if we can help you, visit summerscapital.com slash invest to book a call with our team. Again, that's summerscapital.com slash invest. Now back to the show. That sucks. They couldn't make the business model work, though. That's so funny that you're just thinking that in your head because you mm. kind of know the the business and aviation, you're like, man, how are they making money? Oh, well, I'll just ride it out as long as I can, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but they were open since what, 2019? I guess what happened was, so they were about to go public mm-hmm. um, and they were about to open up more routes and get more flights and, and expand even to the East Coast, which I thought, okay, well, if, if, if these guys are expanding, they're probably going to be open for a little bit, right? Yeah, they probably got investor sense. capital. Um, and so I read an article and it basically said like they had a investor back out. They were doing like another fundraise. Mm. And I think it was like a, a pretty large investment backed out. And uh, unfortunately, I think that was kind of the final straw. They oh, had to close doors. Um, so be interesting to see like how companies like JSX, you know, kind of shake out. Um, there's other companies out there doing this model in the East Coast as, as well. So it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, it gets me thinking like, all these tech companies that boom and then they bust the Kodaks of the world, the Blackberries of the world. Um, we had MoviePass that Parker mm-hmm. was just alluding to. Uh, MoviePass was a big thing. I think they went public back in 2018. They were selling uh, $10 a month subscriptions for like unlimited big box movie theaters to go out and watch movies. And I'm like, how are these guys making any money? Right. And sure enough, they switched up their business model a little bit later. 
a few months later, I believe, and then they went out of business as well. So I don't know, it gets you thinking. There's been a lot of tech layoffs uh, over the last yeah. year or two, and it just gets me thinking. I'm like, real estate investing is like boring, and it's like it's like the sure thing, right? right. Uh, like 90% of all millionaires are created through real estate. And like, as long as you buy decent deals, you don't overpay and you buy in good locations, you don't buy in like war zones. Um, it's kind of hard and you got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to lose. And so, I don't know, it just gets me thinking like with all these like startup ideas out there, it's like, you know, real estate is almost the for sure thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you have good people wrapped around you and you buy decent properties, you have a good team, like it's really hard to fuck it up. And so, yep. I don't know, it just gets me thinking, like, why do more people not invest in real estate, you know? Yeah. I think it's one of those things. I think just the whole, everyone's looking for, like, the next shiny object, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I do think the whole subscription thing has kind of been, like, in for a little bit. I don't know if it was COVID or, or what kind of sparked that, but I do think that's kind of been, like, the new hot thing. Like, how can we make this, a, like, subscription? So, People are just getting into it. And um, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, real estate's been around forever. Uh, some people are, for whatever reason, I think a little bit resistant to it. But it's always going to be there, especially if you have, you know, a long span of time. Then uh, you can kind of ride out whatever waves happen. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's a good, uh, it's a good uh, well, well, and here's the other thing. And I'll give you an example. This is a good example. The, the building that we are recording this podcast in is a 130-year-old historic building. It's called the Globe Mills Building here in San Diego, and they used to manufacture uh, goods here, like mm-hmm. industrial products. And they would the, the railroad track is behind us, and if you actually go down towards the water where the Star of India is, they would actually load up the trains with these goods, and they would also load up boats, and they would uh, export them. And so that was what this building was initially built for. And look at it now. Yeah. It's surrounded by residential and it's repurposed and it's still operating, bringing in income as office space. Yep. This is 130 years later. Yeah. And think how much technology has evolved over those 130 years. There's been, you know, multiple world wars. There's been all these different things that have evolved. Uh, there was no such thing as airplanes when this building was built. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. We've crazy. gone to the moon. There's like astronauts, there's science, all this, all this stuff now. Technology is crazy. There was no internet when this building was built and so to think that this building is still around making money is a testament to like how evergreen real estate is, you know? Um, and if you look at residential, you look at apartments and uh, a lot of this stuff, it's like, Hey, there's never going to be a technology that replaces the basic need of shelter. Mm-hmm. People are always going to need a place to sleep. They're always going to need a place to store their belongings. Like no matter what technology comes, there's never going to be a replacement for those things. And a mm-hmm. lot of these buildings will be around a lot longer than I'm alive. And so, you know, it gets me thinking, it's like, you know, you got all these tech companies, you got the stock market, you got Wall Street, but even these S&P 500 companies mm-hmm. uh, from 20, 30 years ago, a lot of them are not around today. And so, I don't know, for me, I'm just like, man, like, yes, real estate, I guess, technically the biggest risk is you could lose all your money. But in all reality, you know, a lot of this stuff is backed by real buildings. You can look at, you can touch it, you can feel it. They're yeah. tangible. Real people go in there. Real people pay to like sleep there. And, um, you know, the beauty of real estate is commercial real estate rarely goes to zero, especially if you're buying in good locations. So I think my biggest takeaway with the set jet thing, just after hearing it, yes, I'm bummed as a consumer. I don't get to do it anymore. Uh, maybe I'll check out JSX. But my real takeaway is I think it, it validates why we're doing what we're doing. We're investing in real assets. They're tangible. They produce cash flow. They have tax benefits. We can get good debt. And uh, it just validates everything that we're doing, you yeah. know? And I think if people want to diversify, 
diversifying different asset classes in real estate. You know, you can get creative within real estate. Um, I think if you're looking for like, if you just want to, you know, spice it up, do something different, different type of real estate, there's always ways to get creative within that, uh, within real estate. Yeah. That's a, that's a very well said. I couldn't agree more there, Alex. And, uh, Hey, who doesn't like to spice it up, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that this, this concludes this episode of the Saturday edition. She's Alex Johnson. I'm Rich Summers. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.